Welcome to Clarity and Purpose. Our world is full of people who are overworked and overwhelmed. They lose focus on what matters, struggle to find a vision for the future, and lose time with those they love. We help businesses and their teams clearly understand their purpose and help them communicate more effectively. I'm your host, James Thorne. I'm joined by my co-host, Jake Jordan. Hey, Jake. hey hey Hey, uh, do you like having freedom of your time? You know, I mean, sure. Who doesn't, right? Right. Do you like learning, like growing and learning? And Yeah, I'm, I'm a net for it, honestly. I love growing and learning. Has it ever, those two things ever forced you to create your own company that now has like 52 employees all across America? No, can't say it does. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that either. But our guest today has built a massive company all across US, Canada. They all work remotely, which is, and they've been doing it since the beginning. They've been 11, 12 years. Um, an incredible company. So let's just jump in and get to know her story a little bit and introduce our guest like we do every week. Awesome. She is the CEO and founder of Canopy Studios and helps create clarity around project needs and turns client conversations into actionable items. Canopy was born from her desire to build strong, sustainable, creative websites and provide for their growth far beyond just their launch. She's building a big team that works remotely all across America and Canada. She builds tree houses in Costa Rica. Help me welcome Anne Stefanik. Anne, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. James, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so glad you could jump in. We've we've actually got a lot of things in common kind of in a way that we help people in business. But why don't we just plug you for a minute and tell us about what you do? Cool. So my name's Anne Stefanik, and I'm founder and CEO of Canopy Studios. And we're an agency that builds, designs, and supports websites for clients that want to make a positive impact. And it's my personal message mission to make websites easy to understand and effective. Cool. And you've, your team now has gotten really big. You're at least about 52 full-time employees today. 52. Yeah, 52 full-time employees across Canada and the U.S. And we're totally virtual. And we have been since our inception. So while this is our new normal, it's usually not the way we do work. We can go out and work at coffee shops and looking forward to when that opens up again. No, that's good. Yeah, obviously, that's great that last year wasn't a huge adjustment for you. But uh, that's awesome. And your team's so big. So I'm sure there's a lot that keeps you busy. But um, specifically working on websites, right? So we're heavy on helping people with messaging and word sites and clarity of wording, what needs to be said, where. What have you learned and taken away from all of your experience when that comes to bringing clarity to your website? Such a huge fan of making sure that uh, the humans are really understood and heard. And I feel that's so important when building an effective website is to understand who you're actually targeting and kind of speak to their core needs. So many websites are brochureware and they're like, all about me and this is my stuff. And what I really love is leveraging the story brand framework, which I know you're familiar with as well, to really position the hero, your customer, your visitor as the hero and you, the customer company or your your product, your service is the guide. And I do feel like that's a huge transition for a lot of websites these days, because when you see it and you feel resonated with the product or service, you're more likely to buy, you're more likely to build trust. So I'd say the biggest thing that we can do to build 
clarity in our websites is actually our messaging. The tech and the design is not that hard. Uh, it's really understanding the people. And at Canopy, we really love leveraging data to make those decisions and making sure that we talk to customers and we do regular input. Um, we have a very robust support department where we're constantly learning and iterating with our clients to find out what their customers need and then how can we better position the website to serve because it's really the tip of the spear for all their other initiatives. That's awesome. And I love that you said that, you know, I say this a lot. It's you can go find any designer, someone to do something for a website and do a good job. Um, but it's when you do it with this way, with the wording, the messaging, the clarity, bring them down a journey, uh, uh, telling their story. Um, that's what's hard. So I'm glad to know that we're connected with someone that is doing the same thing. But you you take a lot of the brunt on actual the design, the the web uh, hosting. You do I know you do the um, support on the back end, so you're walking them along the way through their journey, um, hosting their website. But um, you do work with cause driven businesses, organizations, nonprofits, which we're in that same boat. So what have you seen, knowing that you know, with a nonprofit, for instance, example would be. Maybe they have two calls to actions where they're trying to, you know, support kids, but also build donations or they're trying to talk to their donors, but tell the story of the kids. Um, what have you seen when it comes to clarity in that as far as how that relates to a nonprofit? Yeah, I find often and it's kind of about building that whole journey out and figuring out what matters most to those to that journey. Every user, client, donor, um, you know, someone that you're serving has to go through multiple mind states in order to be able to engage. So somebody who first understands what's going on is usually not ready to hit that donate button out of the gate. They usually have to have this level of, okay, first off, you know, for example, my mom had um, a bout with cancer. She's good now, but the Red Cross became a huge part of my life. They provided wheelchairs. They provided, you know, um, crutches. And before that, I was just like, I was um, the person who was going to the Red Cross website being like, okay, I need to, I need to get a wheelchair. And I got this requisition for my doctor and I got there and I was like, oh gosh, it's so overwhelming, you know? And it was like that first awareness phase had provided one level of content. Then it was like, okay, I've called them. I've got the wheelchair booked. I'm going to go pick it up. Okay. Now I need to know where I'm going. So I'd go onto maps. And that was on my mobile device. So it was another level of content. And then once my mom no longer needed the materials again, and I was able to return those, I then transitioned from, you know, um, who they were serving into a donor. And now I make regular donations to the Red Cross because I, they served me in such a powerful way and they were so helpful and that I was able to then give them testimonials and success stories to help other donors convert. So if you really look at your user journey, you want to map out from you know, the very first point of awareness, which is often they need educational type of content, and then all the way through their journey before they're ready to convert, once they've converted, and then hopefully they become advocates um, either to help, you know, you know, further your mission, further your message, or to help others kind of, you know, donate or, or proceed. So that's just like a personal example, I give. Yeah. I mean, I think that we help our clients all the time, but I think sometimes it's helpful when you're trying to build out your own user journey for your clients is to kind of put yourself in their shoes and think, okay, if I'm really, you know, um, you know, looking for a place to, at the end of year to do charity work for, to volunteerism, what are the kinds of things that I'll be searching for? You know, um, working at a soup kitchen in San Francisco, 
right? And, and those are the kinds of things. And that they ultimately are doing that to make themselves feel good, to make themselves feel like they're giving back to the world and being good to the other humans. And so those are the kinds of feelings and emotions that you really want to tap into and then supporting with features on your website. So you're going to need a contact form with an email capture that maybe goes into a CRM so you can follow up with these people. Maybe you're going to need an email tool so that you can email these folks on the regular. Um, so it's kind of like a big spider web, but it starts with mapping out the journey um, for different personas, right? You're going to have, you know, your end users, your donors, maybe your press and media, and they're all going to need different storylines. It's good. And I love that you talk about through that journey, because if your business doesn't have a path that you're walking your clients through in a journey and a plan for them, then you are just a spider web and it's all over the place and you're not really able to kind of guide people through where you want to take them. Um, so obviously we know in your business, you're doing this well and you've got a big, but let's, let's break down you a little bit because people love to hear, they want to know what's your purpose. What, what's your big why? Yeah, I think my big why is that really, I really love having the freedom and flexibility in my life to kind of live my own life. And I also, my big why is that I love learning and that's why I chose a a career in technology is I felt like it was this infinite space where no matter how fast I learned, it was still, there was so much more to learn. And the more I learned, I kind of became more humble to how much I didn't know. So I found that um, I've always kind of had a side hustle. <laughs> I live in San Francisco, it's quite expensive. And as part of my, I need a little bit more extra pocket money. I, I actually started up a side business. And it was interesting because I was working at an agency and I wasn't feeling very fulfilled at my agency because it was really stifled by my current boss. I wasn't allowed to do certain things. It was very restrictive. We were only allowed to work in certain hours. I'm a powerhouse in the morning. I'm one of those people that wakes up early and does stuff, but I'm a potato head at 3 p.m. But they insisted that I would sit at my desk from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. So I was just, okay whatever, just feeling so unfulfilled. And I realized that in order to create my best life, I had to essentially start a business. And so doing that allowed me to kind of ultimately feel super fulfilled by knowing that I'm always going to be learning and growing. And I have some lifestyle flexibility to do the things I want to do. Um, and part of that is building tree houses in Costa Rica, um, because I am really a kid at heart. And I do love playing outside. So there was this real element of like my big why is for freedom and truth and, and learning. Too many people leave their life up to fate and wander aimlessly inside a directionless story. It robs us of meaning and stifles our productivity. But fate is a terrible writer. Letting fate guide your day is like trying to write a best-selling novel by pouring alphabet soup on a counter. It's never going to turn out good. Do you struggle to know what to focus on each day? Do you find yourself setting goals but never achieving them? Have you struggled to find a daily routine that you can actually stick with? We get it. We have tried lots of ways to plan our lives too. This course is the one you've been waiting for. It will help you cast a vision for your life that is exciting and will keep you on track daily so you can actually achieve it. It's time to take back control of our lives and create a life full of direction and meaning. It's time to become a hero on a mission. This course will be cast a vision for your life 
and will keep you on track so you actually achieve it. Click below to join us for a workshop and become a hero on a mission. Okay, so just now since you opened the door, what explain the tree houses in Costa Rica? <laughs> so my very first entrepreneurial venture was um, flipping houses. So that's what we did when I was right out of university. I'm originally from Canada, so that's you'll probably pick up on my accent. Um, but uh, we flip houses, and then I went down. I grew up in Costa Rica, so when I was a, a, a you know between 13 and 17, my parents moved us to Costa Rica. And when we were buying and selling real estate, I ended up on a trip to Costa Rica and we ended up in this green treehouse community. And I ended up deciding with my partner at the time that we needed to buy five acres in the rainforest. And we did that <laughs> and it was kind of wild. Um, but we ended up, my partner and I split at the time, we kind of closed off our business and um, I ended up with the tree houses and some other stuff. Uh, so it's just been a huge passion of mine uh, with my roots in Costa Rica. And it's a place where there's no internet. You know, so it's kind of nice to sneak away and go play in the jungle for a couple of weeks a year, a couple of months a year. So. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So what are some external things that get in the way then of your freedom and your learning? Like if those are your things, like what, what things get in the way of that? Well, I found running a business to be, you know, very interesting because it is, it is very stressful and it's very demanding on your time. And I did find that um, when I was scaling early on, um, I found that the lack of order and process really, really held me back. So for the first, like from 2010 till 2013, I kind of ran it off the side of my desk while I had other day jobs. And in 2013, um, I had quit my day job. I was really unsatisfied at, and I'd started picking up a higher velocity of contracts and 2013 landed and I landed a six figure contract. And I was like, oh gosh, we need a website. We need a team. We got to get going. So we turned it into a real business. And between 2013 and 2016, it was like pedal to the metal. It was waking up at five, working till 11, working evenings, working weekends, you know, sacrificing my house. And it was just so much. And in 2016, I actually broke my ankle and it put me out of commission. And it taught me a lot because I realized how much that I was holding on to that I didn't let go of. So the biggest thing that I found that, you know, gets in the way in the sweetest way is probably myself. So uh, since 2016 till 2021, till right now, I've really consciously worked on setting up more processes, hiring leadership. I intentionally shrunk and then scaled with um, new, new processes. I read a book called Profit First, which I love. Good one. I love it for those that can see this by Mike Michalowicz. I can't see this with the background, but there it is go. amazing. There you, go. there you go. Yeah. It is amazing. Highly plug him. Um, and that really transformed that it allowed me, because I was here, I was running, you know, millions of dollars through my bank account and I was not seeing very much of it. <laughs> so it allowed me to kind of flip that around. And through that, we started building out a process through the entrepreneurial operating system which is a wonderful philosophy called EOS from a book called Traction. Mm -hmm. That's really started helping me put in things in place to manage the business. And I feel like over time from 2016, 2017, 2018, those years were all about really kind of building that foundation of sales and profit and order. And, you know, 
the big thing I find about Canopy now is that we're in a place where we've gotten our foundational work really done over the last seven years. And now we're in a place where we can do more, um, you know, inspirational work, focus on clients that we really want to work on because we put in the processes to then, you know, create more impact and kind of leave that legacy. But it has been kind of me getting the right people on board, um, learning a lot about my own ability to say no. I learned a lot from another book of mine is Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Big fan of her. She um, really helped me understand that clear is kind. And it's really important to draw healthy boundaries and kind of say what you need to say versus zigzagging. And I found like that really helped me scale and focus on, you know, my main mission right now with my team is uh, working with the leadership team. I'm out of the day to day. I don't really, you know, build the websites anymore or do the design work. I'm really focused on working with the leadership team and empowering them to be able to have straight talk. We call it, let's have hashtag real talk and like get to the heart of it and then move on. And, you know, we've really learned to run a values driven business. And I feel like that type of work that um, because my passion is learning that it's always kind of each quarter, each year, taking something that I've learned and bringing it back to the team so they can be stronger leaders. They can do great work with our clients, you know, and our employees. um, We have a 99% employee retention rate because we put them at the heart of our business and make sure that they're happy and healthy no matter what. That's awesome. So would you say today that is what you're also doing to constantly stay ahead is that learning piece or is there other things that you're also doing that's helping you deal with that so you don't get back to that place again yeah i definitely find that the biggest thing is that the whole thing from the airlines like put on your mask before helping others it's so important so i really make sure that i um i'm I'm a morning person some people are evening people but i get up first thing in the morning My phone is outside of the bedroom and I do what's most important for me first, which I usually do 20 minutes of, you know, exercise, 20 minutes of meditation and then 20 minutes of conscious learning. I love podcasts. So I listen to podcasts a lot. I also really love, you know, journaling and kind of thinking about the things. I also like doing a lot of like figuring out what's kind of next on the technology horizon. Now there's a lot of fun, what's called, um, Uh, journey management platforms, which is kind of the combination of artificial intelligence and personalization stuffed into new tools to make people's ultimate journey just really frictionless and and, um, driven by technology. So some of that kind of like futuristic visionary stuff is stuff that I never have time for in the day-to-day operations, but I honor that so that over the course of the week, I've essentially spent an hour to an hour and a half on kind of critical thinking tasks first thing in the morning before I have to kind of what I say, jump into the washing machine and just kind of go for the ride as the business owner. So that's cool. Um, I love that. I'm in the same boat. I'm also an early person um, creating those blocks of time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend 20 minutes on this every day um, because I know if I do that every day versus trying to say I'm going to read four books a month, I know I'm going to accomplish more throughout the year. so, okay, going back to the book, because you just started, you started dropping some big books. Um, what are, do you have any others that through this, maybe this past year, like this thing about this past year, what are some one books you read this past year that were really big for you? Uh, I have them all here. <laughs> There's another book here called Sell um, the Road Less Stupid. Okay, I have not heard that, of that one. 
I love this book because it talks about the discipline of thinking time. It's by Keith J. Cunningham, and it's divided up into small chapters. And what it is, as you, what you do is you kind of read the first few chapters to get the lay of the land. And then what it does is it provides you something to think about. Um, and then you journal about it. So yeah. it gives you like little modules to kind of work on. Yeah. And it's all, it's a bit, it's high level business stuff. So it applies to any business, but allows you to kind of like take a, a, um, a philosophy and then work on it for 20 minutes, work on it for half an hour. He even says like, get a thinking chair and, and get a pen and sit in the same spot every time. And, you know, like have a routine where you're actually consciously thinking and working on yourself, your business, your life. Yeah. So I love this book because it actually gave a little bit more structure to my 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I do this twice a week for one topic. So I'll, it, it recommends twice or three times on the same topic, because as you do something the first time, it's kind of like, a bleh, this is everything. Yeah. And the second time you're like, Ooh, I, I thought about that for the week since last week. And now I'm going to kind of ideate and rumble on that and pull something else out of it. And then the third time you sit and you write about that, or you think about it for the third time, it's like, that's where all the nuggets start popping out. And you're like, Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I like that one. And you start really operationalizing some of that critical thinking. So that was one, a really great book I read this year. Um, and it allowed me to kind of personally grow and also take like nugget sized solutions to, to problems I'd been working on. Cool. Yeah. Um, on profit first, did you set up all the accounts? I did actually, so, you know, did you, okay. Step further now. Cause I haven't done this part. Had, did you create the two other accounts at a different bank? I did. I did not go that far. <laughs> it's incredible though. It's powerful because what happens is, is as an entrepreneur, you open up your bank account all the time and you're like, okay, I think I have money. Yeah, I have money. But when you actually have to operationalize and take the money out of your profit account because you didn't do enough billings, right. it's painful right. versus waiting till year end. And all of a sudden you have this profit and loss statement. You're like, I ran how many millions through my bank right. account, this business? <laughs> and like, how little do I have? So I feel like it really allowed us to like tune into stuff very quickly. And it also enabled us to do profit sharing. Yeah. I, I never really knew how to do profit sharing with my staff because it was always this nebulous thing that I kind of figured out every end of year. It was vague and weird. Um, and now it's like we have a model and we also put together little drip accounts so we could save yeah. to do things, yeah, right? We Taking 50 people to Palm Springs is kind of expensive because right. we're totally virtual, right? right? <laughs> so we have a drip account that we actually put money aside every month for That's our in-person retreat, right? So it helps us like, I feel like I sleep better at night thanks to that book. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of Mike Michalowicz. He wrote another book called Fix This Next, which I read that in one 2020. Done too. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And that was where that business hierarchy of needs came yeah. out with the like, you got to you gotta give to get. Yeah. Or, sorry, you got to get to give, which is that fundamental you you gotta really get sales like profit order. So Donald Miller just came out with another tool through Business Made Simple with the airplane analogy. And it's a checklist. It's really powerful. And it's... I'd, I'd say it parallels, but it's it's different than Mike McCallum's tool. But it's you see your whole business as an airplane, and it's really powerful. Um, anyways, I love I that you talk that about that because I feel like anyone that's listening to this could just get value just from that alone. Just knowing that you could pull tools. Obviously, learning is important, and I love that that's part of your big why and what you do in your growth. Um, but yeah, those tools are huge. And when I hit my insane boat, and I know people listening to this, a lot of people do, like we do a lot of people with trying to get cash flow and hit revenue quickly um, or grow their revenue faster. And uh, 
when I hit my first million and only got like 50,000 of it, I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> like, what is this? People think you're, you know, sitting on cash and you're not. And uh, so that's huge. Very cool. It's so true. And it's something that entrepreneurs, there's this weird, you know, vibe out there that like, oh, you better work, you know, 80 hours, blood, sweat and right. tears, pay right. yourself not very much and, you know, do it for the cause. It's like, well, the cause is actually to live your best life. So if you can't live your best <laughs> right. life, what are you doing? You just have some glorified, very low paid job, right? Yeah. So it's really about getting the business to work for you and to put the levers in place that I think ultimately um, help, you know, again, you got to put on your mask before helping others. And then when you get to help others, they then naturally take care of your clients. They naturally support your products and mm -hmm. services and do a great job. So yeah, awesome. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I love reading. I feel like that's such a great way these days. Yeah. We have audible books, we have podcasts, oh, yeah. we have, there's even like tools like Blinkist that if you're like, I like Blinkist because it, it allows me to like get a 20 minutes kind of like that Cole's notes. Remember back yep. in the day when you get Cole's notes of books, yep. kind of like that 20 minute synopsis of a book. So if I hear a book, oh, that sounds interesting, go on to Blinkist, listen to the 20 minute synopsis and say, yeah, I actually want to read that. That right. sounds cool. And then I can dig into it. And if I don't, then at least I got the 20 minute synopsis of the overall vibe of the book. Because some books, some business books talk about the same thing over and over and over again, right? So yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, I would love to know more. Since since we're talking about it, and I started thinking about it through this interview. We have a team that's been remote since the beginning too, but we've our company has only been around for three years. Um, and we're a team of eight. And I always am searching for tools. So I'm also CEO founder, but I am they call me the chief people officer because I all, all I want to do is hang out with people. Like if you could just pay me to find tools and have fun with our team, I would do that all day. Um, but other things have to happen. So I would love to know what are some things that y'all have done to keep the team connected, knowing that they don't see each other every day? We do lots, actually. So we find that um, we live by our values. And one of our values is we value human connection. So we have hashtags for all of our values, which is hashtag better together. Um, we also like value clarity. That's hashtag clarity. Um, but for example, for um, creating connection, we use Slack. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. use Slack for communications. There's a, uh, a tool you can put in called Hey Taco. And what Hey Taco does is it gives all employees five virtual tacos to give away. So we created a thanks channel in our, because one, one of our values is to you know, express gratitude. So we have a thanks channel and the team goes in there and gives away tacos based okay. on what people they think, oh, you know, Sean, thanks so much for helping out with that, you know, documentation for the client, hashtag clarity taco, right? right. And so we have these like tacos um, and we give them away every day. It's like right. use it or lose it. You have five tacos and we've actually... <laughs> called Hey Taco, they gave us 10 because at 50 people, five tacos was not enough. But it's so interesting that at first I plugged that up. Oh, this is so cheesy. Nobody's going to use it. And everyone's like, I love this taco thing. Yeah. So they're always like recognizing each other. It's a great way to operationalize our values. It's a great way to share connection. Yeah. Um, and as we scaled, we actually uh, have a full-time cultural ambassador. Cool. So Darlene is like the people person. Yeah. And what she does is she creates a monthly culture newsletter. 
So we celebrate what we call caniversaries, which is every time that someone celebrates it, like a milestone at Canopy, they get um, a different, you know, gift that's personalized to them. And then we celebrate their caniversaries. So we do a little bit of fanfare. We, you know, like, you know, hey, Paul, you've been a Canopian for five years. You know, we kind of do that call out and support each other's kind of journey. Um, and we have a bunch of other things we do. Like there is, um, we are a video first company. So everybody that shows up has to kind of be on video and ready to go. We always understand if you need to go dark to do your life. But what we do find is that we also have a monthly kind of all hands meeting. And we have every month, it's the same meeting at the same time. Only once a quarter, we have a fun meeting. So we have, you know, Quarterly report. How did we do last year on the numbers? How's our profit bucket looking? How's all the doing, you know, all our numbers. The next right. meeting is like, here's an update from the management team, the leadership groups from how mar- what marketing is up to, what sales is up to, what delivery is up to. And then the third meeting of the quarter is a fun one. So yeah. next Monday, we're all playing charades. Nice. So, you know, that's fun. You know, like yeah, we work hard, yeah. right? So taking an hour out of our out of our quarter just to like play a game. Right. Um, and, and we have a place where people, you know, it's optional. They can just lurk, not have to, if they don't want to work with a lot of web developers and designers, they're not really into the whole, like, I want to be on stage, but they like to laugh and have fun. So we right. create space to make sure that everybody feels really included. Um, but we find it's like just some of those nuggets. Oh, one more. And I'm uh, done. No, please, please bring it. <laughs> one more is there's another app that we installed lately. Um, our one of our staff members, Cindy, recommended it. It's called Donut. Okay. And Donut, essentially, what it does is we have a new Slack channel called Coffee Talk. Okay. And anybody that joins Coffee Talk, what happens is people get paired for a random coffee. So let's say out of the 50 of us, there's 35 people in that chat every week, or I think it's every 10 days or 14 days, random two people get paired. And then the little donut app says, hey, you know, book a Zoom meeting. So they book a 15 minute or 30 minute Zoom meeting, but they just literally sit there and they're supposed to have a coffee and a donut or maybe a water and an apple. But the point is, is just to kind of pair two random people from different departments and different places and just like get to know each other and hang out. I love that. Yeah, the people are my most favorite parts. That was for me right there. (laughs) I'm like, okay, what can we, yeah. Um, Okay, great. So, and I mean, I I know you're a busy person. There's a lot lot on your plate, but is there anything else you'd love to share uh, with our audience? I think the most important thing about if you are growing a business or whatever, is that you really put your humans first. Like I believe that by putting my employees first and taking the time out of my day to connect with them, it makes their jobs better. And by making their jobs better, I don't have to worry about the clients. Like I really don't, you know, because I know that if we have happy, engaged employees, they're naturally going to take care of them. And that means like as a leader, you have to prioritize going and checking on them, getting to know them, you know, like with 50 people, I'm not going to lie. I have a spreadsheet with all of your kids and dogs names on them because I don't always remember that, but as you know, like, you know, you just get to know everybody. And as a new person comes on, I'm like, okay, that person really loves riding bikes and coffee. Okay. And this, this person is like, wow, she lived on a goat farm and she, you know, traveled the world like, wow. And this one's, you know, really into accessibility and she really wants to do more work there. And I find like, the more you get to know the people, the more you can support them. Right. And I find like, that's, 
that's part of my learning journey is kind of, I'm so interested in the people, but I do find that by keeping them like healthy and feeling heard and supported um, and knowing that like, I have this open door policy, which means I walk into their room. Right. <laughs> I don't wait for them to come to me. I'm like, hello, I haven't talked to you in three or four months. And you know, I'm, how you doing over there? What you doing? Right. And I'm always like, don't worry. It's not scary because I'm the boss. It's not my job. That's HR's <laughs> boss. If you're in trouble, HR will deal with that. Right. But it's this, it's this like collaborative nature where we've got a really open relationship and there's lots of trust built. So if there's something they see, they're not afraid to speak up because they know they're going to be heard. If they feel like there's an idea that's going to change the business. They're going to sh- they're going to bring it to the table. And it's pretty amazing how innovative and brilliant the people that you surround yourselves with are. So, I would just encourage every single person to like no matter how busy you are, take the time to get to know the people that you're working with because the results that you'll gain from that are, are tenfold. That's so. good because they're the ones carrying your business. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Um Thank you so much for joining us and being able to share. I mean, I feel like just even learning, like like that whole theme of learning is just so important. And I appreciate you being able to just take time out of your day. And we'll drop um, links below. So if if you're on the podcast or YouTube, we'll have links below for Canopy Studios, uh, ways to connect with Anne. And uh, just let us know if you'd like to uh, connect with her outside of this. But we close this out every week with a dance. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. There you go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well, I love what I love about bringing Anne on one. She's really great with people and she loves people like I do, like always finding tools to keep her team engaged. And I was like, I just wanted to pick her brain on like every little thing that she did. Yeah. But what Sonia is, she's such a learner and we value that so much, just learning. It's one of our key characteristics, like learn something new every day. Um, so we love that we had to bring her on because it's felt like I connected with her so well. Um, so, Anne, thank you for doing that. But in the, in the, the theme of learning, we have learned a lot too about this show. And we have learned a lot um, about how to take people through a journey mm-hmm. in our business. So what's happening, Jake, in a couple of weeks? Well, if you like learning, stay tuned, because what we're going to do is do our very best to break down in micro learning sessions, the growth process we take our clients through. We're going to do that one episode at a time. It's going to be eight episodes. It's going to be fantastic. They're going to be short episodes. And so you can get in there and get out and leave with something that you could try and work on today, this week. And we're just excited. It's going to be season two. It's going to be eight episodes and it's coming up soon. Yes. So April 5th is when that first episode is going to launch. We're going to take two weeks off from the show. So we're closing out season one with 25 episodes. We thank you so much for just taking your time to walk with us through these incredible interviews, these incredible people. Um, but if you're on YouTube, hit that bell. If you're on a podcast, make sure you subscribe because in a few weeks on April 5th, you do not want to miss all eight steps we're going to lay out that we take our clients through and we're just give it away to you in a podcast. Because at the end of the day, what do we believe, Jake? We believe that business leaders align their team with their message. They become unstoppable. Unstoppable.